Good morning, good morning. Good to see y'all. It's truly a blessing. We, we have, uh, uh, I've sure missed my church family. It has uh, been, been three weeks. Um, uh, it's been fast, uh, fast and furious as we've been on the rodeo trail, and, and uh, uh, it's been a good, a good season for sure, and I just want to say thank you for giving me that time off to go with my girls and rodeo. It's been just phenomenal, and uh, we have gotten lots of windshield time, I'll say that, um, and it's been good, and so thank you for, for allowing me to do that. Uh, welcome to Beecher Island. If you're new with us, let me uh, just tell you a little bit about us. We are an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. God is the head of this church. He is who we go to for everything. He, he is, uh, it's Him and His Word. And that is where we draw everything from, is Christ. Uh, and, and we allow Him to lead and, and prompt and give us knowledge in everything we do. And, and I draw from His Word and His Word only to preach. I don't allow any man to tell me how I'm going to preach or what I'm going to preach or give me my sermon. Uh, it is from Him. But I'll tell you, if I do that wrong, I call on this church to set me straight, to make sure that I am about Him and His truth. And if I deviate from that at all, I ask you to, uh, to let me know afterward, um, and, and then I'll try to get it, get it right. Um, but what a blessing it is that we, uh, we are an independent church, um, non-denominational. We're, we're seeking His truth, and that's who we are. And so if you're new with us, thank you for being here. Stick around afterwards. Let us love on you a little bit. Let us get to know you. If you're not new with us, stick around. Let us love on you. Let us get to know you a little better. It's good. It's good. So stick around afterwards. It is, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk and, and um, get to share that time. So uh, I'm really excited today. Uh, we, we have kind of wrapped up everything we've been doing. We, I, I, I'm uh, going to jump into a new series, and I've really been praying uh, that God would lead me in this, and, and that it's His prompting, not mine, not my idea, but His, and, and I will try to not let this series go as long as the Gospel of John, but you never know. It, it, it might go, no, it won't. It, I, it'll be good. But in that, you know, people ask me, well, how do you, how do you know what to preach on? How do, you, how do you know where to go? God. It is Him. It is His prompting. It's His leading. And it comes in all different forms. Um, most of the time, though, I'll tell you that it's when I'm uh, praying and seeking God, and then just through conversations, something comes louder than everything else. And then I can't let it go. And it just keeps coming back and keeps coming back. And then I'm like, okay, God, I, I hear you. I hear you all. We'll, we'll move forward. And, and um, so God is always good. God is um, amazing in what he does and the way he is a detail orchestrator. Just as we talked in the adult class, um, he is amazing. You know, uh, I'm going to do a series on an epistle, an epistle that Paul wrote. And um, this epistle was written sometime around um, AD 60, maybe a little after. Um, it was written while Paul was in prison. He, uh, 
then sent it uh, on by Tychicus. Um, but today, today we're going to start into, into the epistle that Paul wrote called Ephesians. Um, this book has always scared me to preach on a couple of different reasons. And I'll share that with you as we go through this book. But this book is so full of Christ that it's amazing. And it's so full of, of being aware of, of, of Christ and who He is. And, and this whole book, this whole letter, Paul has a mission. And that mission is to lay out the mystery. The mystery as he calls it. And the mystery is not a mystery that we can't figure out. It's not a mystery that can't be told or explained. Rather, it's a wonderful truth that is revealed before them. It's made known to all man. And that's what Paul is laying out in this book or this, this letter to the Ephesians. It's, a, it's an announcement of truth that all believing Jews and Gentiles are now one, are now one in Christ Jesus. They're all fellow members of His church, the body of Christ. And he's laying it all out to them. And the mystery that Paul talks about is, is found in all six chapters. It's all throughout this complete letter. And as we work through this letter, I pray, I pray that you hear what Jesus has done for you as Paul lays it out for the Ephesians. Uh, he wants them to hear, and he wants us to hear the grace and love of Jesus in this letter to the Ephesians. So if you will, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And while you're turning there, I'm going to go to God in prayer. Father, we thank You. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for this epistle. This letter that Paul wrote. That has so much detail to it, Lord, and we know that we won't pull everything from it. But Lord, I pray that that our ears and our hearts are open to hear what You want us to hear. Lord, I pray that, that it's Your truth that comes from it, Lord. Not, not man's, but Your truth. And I pray, Lord, that we can hear what You put on Paul's heart to be written. And that we can take it seriously and that we can draw from it and and just gain in knowledge of who You are. Who You are. And, and Jesus, I just pray that we understand how awesome You are. And who You are. And what You've done for us through it all. Thank You so much for the love and grace that You have for us. Thank You for going to the cross for us. And the finished work at Calvary that You have done. Thank You. Thank you, and it's your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. All right, Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace 
from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons <coughs> excuse me, by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glory, of His grace by which He made us acceptable in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace which He made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in Him. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. That we, who first trusted in Christ, should be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, the praise of His glory. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, <coughs> that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding be being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of His glory, of His inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power? which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and, do, and dominion <clears throat> and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And He put all things under His feet and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body the fullness of Him who fills all and in all. Wow. Amen, amen. It is so full. Uh, so full. I'll just tell you. I'm going to share a little secret. I'm only getting to verse 3 today, okay? Just, just, I'll just throw it out there. It's so awesome. You know, Paul introduces himself. I, I want to lay out this whole deal, and, and maybe you already know this, and that's okay. But, but Paul introduces himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ. What a statement. He, he's making a huge statement here, but it's not a boasting statement. He, he's not boasting in himself, but it's an explanation. An explanation of how he could speak with authority on this subject. 
You see, he was commissioned by the Lord to perform a special mission. A special mission. That mission was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles and to teach them this great truth concerning the church. And Paul knew that all of his authority, all of his authority came from the will of God. Not from him, not from any man. He didn't choose, he didn't choose his work as an occupation. No, it was a divine call from beginning to end. See, and uh, after he introduces himself, he talks about who this letter is to. And he, and he, he addresses them as saints in Ephesus. Saints. A word that gets thrown around a lot in the Bible, a word that gets thrown around a lot in religion. There are certain religions that, that um, really use this word saint. But what's a saint? Amen. Amen. I was going to ask, are we saints? Are you a saint? Am I a saint? Yes. Yes. What is a saint? Saints are people who have been separated by God from this world. It's a name which is applied in the New Testament to all born-again believers. To all believers, to all that have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in Him, they are saints. If you have done that, you are a saint. See, basically the word refers to a believer's position in Christ rather than to what he is in himself. In Christ, all believers are saints, even though in themselves they're not always saintly. That's a word. I don't know, but I'm, that's what I'm using. I mess it up. I, I, I am not always saint. Now, I want to be. I strive to be. When I'm not being, I, I pray that I repent, that I change my ways, and I deny my flesh. I pick up my cross and I follow Him again. But I strive to be saintly. But we can also look at this biblically too. Paul, Paul addresses the Corinthians as saints in 1 Corinthians 1-2. But we know when we continue to read that they're not very holy. But he still calls them saints. Believers. We know that God's will for us is that our practice, our practice should correspond to our position. And we're going to talk about that some more in here in just a minute. But it really does break down the point that Paul is trying to make that saints should be saintly. And that's exactly the great mystery that Paul is laying out to the Ephesians. It's all because of Jesus, period, that we are saints. All because of Him. Not because of any man or what any man could do. But I want to make sure that as we start into Ephesians, that we understand that this was written to a church. Not to unbelievers, but it was written to the church. To believers. And so we cannot apply this to unbelievers. It is to us. And so that's how we have to read it. And on top of that, as we work through this in chapter 1, I, I want us to see that, that Paul addresses the Jews, and then he addresses the Gentiles, and then he brings it together. 
And we're going to talk about that more later on. But, but he separates them out. And then he brings them together. And we have to make sure that as we read this, we understand, is he talking to a Jew? Or is he talking to a Gentile? Or both? We get it confused often. And so we'll work through that as we, as we, as we go through this book, this, this letter. Though I want you to try to imagine the Gentiles, though, in this. The Gentiles are, are, are getting to hear the mystery unfold in front of them. They, they get to hear and read the gospel of Jesus Christ and what Jesus has done for them and, and, and solidifying the understanding for them of what's taken place that they are saved by grace through faith. The same as the Jews. And they get this opportunity, right? But, but for the first time, they occupy a place of equal privilege. Same as the Jews. There's no difference in God's eyes between the Jews and the Gentiles. And they get to see this. They, they were in no way inferior as far as a standing before God. Maybe it's downplaying it a little bit, but I, but I picture the kids' table at, at Thanksgiving. Maybe you all didn't have to sit at the kids' table at Thanksgiving, but, but I did. Maybe some of you kids here have to still sit at the kids' table. But, but as you sit at the kids' table and you're, you're, you're <clears throat> maybe on the older end of the kids' table, you, you look at the adults' table and, well, you don't quite belong there, but you look at the kids' table and you're like, Phew. Five years older than any other kids sitting at the table. I don't belong here either. And, and you just want to be at the kids' table or at the adult table, right? Leave the kids' table. And then one day you have a place set at the adult table. And you get to go sit at the adult table and like stick your chest out and, and get to be a part of that. I, I imagine that as the Gentiles unfold, that they get a place at the table how excited they had to have been. And I don't want to downplay it at all, but, but that's how I wrap my head around the excitement that, that they were welcomed, right? That they were invited to the table, that they had a place there, and they were just as equal as anybody else at the table. And the joy that had to be coming from the Gentiles as, as this is all unfolding, and they get to see the grace of, of Jesus and what He's done for they get to take a place at the table. The over, how overjoyed they must have been. Being welcome in. The, the feeling of belonging. All because of Jesus. All because that He died for them. All because of His grace that's poured out. The, the forgiveness that's given but also because they believe in Jesus. Also because they believe that He is the Christ, the Son of God, they get to be a part of the table. Not just because Jesus did it, so they're part of the table. No, they're part of the table because Jesus did it, and they know that Jesus did it for them. They believe that. See, uh, I want you to know the same is for you. I want you to know that the same is for you. 
that, that you have a place at the table, that you have an open invitation, that Jesus loves you more than you can ever imagine, and that He, that he died for you, that, that He rose from the grave for you. He has set a place at the table for you, but you have to believe that He is the Christ, the Son of God, in order to take your place at the table. It's not just given. People who don't love Jesus don't get a place at the table. People that don't believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, don't get a place at the table. But if you do, you, you have an open invitation. It's for you. And then we get to verse 3. And Paul just opens it up in huge praise. Huge praise to, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He, Paul shows the outpouring of his heart in, in praise to God for the blessings that he pours out of grace. The, these huge blessings of grace. He, he's calling on all who know God to bless him. To bring joy to God's heart by praising and worshiping Him and knowing who He is and what He's done. A while back, I asked you to be reading Psalms 103 every morning before you get out of bed. And I hope that you've taken that challenge. Because it, it, it's huge praise to our God and it's understanding as to who He is and what He's done for. Psalms 103, 1 and 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all, forget not all His benefits. See, Paul's saying, bless God with everything you have, just as Psalms 103 is saying. Bless Him because of what He's done. Paul goes on to say, say, blessed is God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, blessed is God the Father. Blessed because of all of His grace. The, the grace that He pours out on us. Same thing as Psalms 103, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Paul says, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Listen, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He adds to spiritual blessings here. He doesn't just say, the, the God who gives spiritual blessing. No, he, he's calling people to praise God for the grace that He's Given and in, in, in all this, he he lays out this pyramid of spiritual blessings, of blessings, right? This pyramid, and if you if you write it out, it builds this this amazing pyramid of of God's grace. And it starts out with blessing, and then spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Y'all getting bigger? And then Paul says in this, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Amen, amen. 
Notice first how the intensity of each one grows. But, but notice how each of these are spiritual blessings, not material blessings. You see, and I think in our, in our religious culture today, we, we, we want to focus in on the material blessings. We, we have churches preaching material blessings. And, and Paul is saying here, Ephesians, hey, I want you to focus in and give God the blessing for the spiritual blessings. The spiritual blessings. And, and there's a huge difference between the two. A huge difference. And maybe the best way that I sort them out in my mind is, is when we go back to, to uh, Israel and, and their blessings that were poured out on them in the Old Testament when they, the Israel under the law. Right? When an obedient Jew was rewarded with, with long life, with, with, with abundant crops, with, with, with um, fa large families, with, with protection from, from their enemies. The blessing of Christianity, though, that Paul is laying out right here, in contrast, are, are, are spiritual blessings. And these spiritual blessings that he's talking about are, are treasures that are being laid up in heaven, that are non-material, that are invisible, that are imperishable. Now, I'm not saying that God does not bless us with material blessings. He absolutely does, over and over and over again. What I'm saying is, is, where is our focus? Where is our focus? Is our focus on the things that we can see right in front of us and the material things, and that's the only thing that we praise God for? Or is our focus on the spiritual blessings that really matter? The spiritual blessings that God pours out on us, the grace that He gives us in abundance. We praise God for the spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. All spiritual blessings are in Christ. Every one of them. It was Him that secured them for us through His finished work at Calvary. It's Him and Him alone. And it's only Him and in Him that they're available to us. Everything that God has for the believer is in the Lord Jesus Christ, not outside of Him. But in order to receive the blessings, we must, we must be united to Christ in faith. The moment a person is in Christ, they become a possessor of them all. Of all of them. See, uh, as you know, because I preach on it often, when you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, you are in Christ. In Christ. And have full access to His spiritual blessing. It's amazing. In Christ is the key expression in Ephesians. It's used over and over and over again. When a person is converted though, God no longer looks upon them as condemned. But rather, He sees them as being in Christ. In Christ. And He accepts them on that basis. And it's important to see this. The, the believing sinner is not accepted because of what He is in Himself, 
because of who he is in Christ. See, he stands before God clothed in all the acceptability of Christ himself. You don't stand up there not clothed by Jesus. You stand there clothed by him. You see, the believer's position then is what they are in Christ. Your position is in Christ. And I think a lot of us struggle with this because we, we, we struggle because we misunderstand our position compared to our practice. Our position is in Christ, but our practice is in ourself. And only one of them is perfect. And that's our position in Christ. But our practice, it is imperfect. And it will never be perfect until we are in Christ in heaven. I tell you that God's will for us, though, is to become more saintly. As I started off, to become more and more like Him, right? Our practice should be that we want to become more sanctified. Sanctified is to be more like Christ. Our, our striving should be that we walk in His light and we want to become closer and closer to Him. But just as I said, we will never become completely sanctified until we're with Jesus in heaven. And it will be in a glorious day. A glorious day. But in that time, in our practice, we will continue to be imperfect. We will mess it up. We will fall short. We will make wrong choices. But let me tell you, your position in Christ does not change. It doesn't change. Too many people today want to, want to focus in on, well, if your practice is not correct, then your position changes. No, it doesn't. When you accept Jesus Christ, when you believe, when you believe, when you believe that He is the Christ, the Son of God, your position is in Him. And that's what Paul is trying to say through all of this. And we will see this over and over again as we walk through Ephesians. Because you see, Paul's letter to the Ephesians defy, the, divides these two. In chapters 1 through 3, he talks about our position. And in chapters 4 through 6, he talks about our practice. And who we should be in ourselves. And I can't wait to unpack all of this as we walk through Ephesians. And it's going to be awesome. We're going to get to deal with some pretty awesome verses that are probably... Um, there's some verses in Ephesians that probably are uh, the most debated among scholars. And next Sunday we're going to attack one of them. Verse 4. And verse 4 is why I didn't want to preach Ephesians, but I'm going to. Uh, I'm just going to tell you now that if I offend you, come talk with me, okay? Please don't walk out of here offended and never come back after next Sunday. If I offend you, come and talk with me. I am open to the conversation of some verses that are going to be unpacked as we walk through Ephesians. I feel very strongly about some of them. And I can probably come off a little um, passionate about them. But 
But I'll tell you, my door is open to talk to you. And if you disagree with me on the theology of some of these verses, it's okay. It's okay because as long as we go back to that our position is in Christ, in Christ alone, we can have every conversation that you want to. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited to walk through Ephesians and, and see what, what the Holy Spirit works through Paul and what he pins in this letter to the Ephesians. But in all of this, I want us to praise God for who He is and what He's done for us. Psalms 103, 1-5, one 1-4. Through one through bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your inequities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with love, kindness, and tender mercies. That's our God. And that's what Paul is trying to lay out to us. But listen. In Christ. In Christ. You have full grace. In Christ you are forgiven. In Christ, you are loved. In Christ, you have everlasting life. And we're going to lay this all out, and it is going to be amazing. But my question for you this morning, I'm going to invite the, the worship team to come on up. But my question to you this morning is that, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? And do you know that your position is in Him? Even if your practice doesn't look like it. Even if this morning you woke up and it hasn't been a good day. That's not your position. That's your flesh. That's your practice. Do you know that if you believe your position is in Christ? In Christ. And today, if you know that, it is a great day. I don't care what's happening. It is a great day. You know, as uh, we're talking about rain, the farmer that has his corn planted, when the rain started falling, woke up with a big old smile on his face. He should have. In Christ, you can wake up every morning with a smile on your face. Because you know that you are loved. You know that you're forgiven. You know that you have a home. A home with Him for eternity. And if you don't know that today, today is the day to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today's the day to confess that He is Lord. I mean, He was risen from the grave for you. And if you haven't made that choice, today is the day. And if you're making that choice today, I would love to pray with you. But also, I'd love to pray with you for anything that's, that's on your heart. Anything that is of your practice <laughs> that's got you weighted down. Anything that you feel is pulling you away from knowing your position in Christ. So today, I would love to pray with you if you, if you need prayers for any reason at all. Thank you.
today know your position. That's in Christ. Let's go to him. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for your love. I thank you that it's in you that we have life. It's in you that we are forgiven. It's in you that we can know this mystery that Paul talks about. It's in you that we can know that we're forgiven, that we are loved, that we have grace, amazing grace. And God, I just pray that if there's anybody here this morning that doesn't know your love, that doesn't know your grace, that they open their hearts to it. They allow you to mold them. Allow you to uh, open up their heart and see who you are. God, thank you for being the God of all. And we bless you. We bless you with everything we have. And as we stand and sing here, I pray that we pour our heart out in worship. That, that we sing and we don't hold anything back, but we just praise you and worship you. God, we thank you for being the God that loves us so much that you sent your one and only son to the cross for us. And it was finished. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.